As I'm up for reading, I thought for sure that somebody else was. But so we'll have a prayer before we read the Bible. God, the Bible is a very special book. It's so big and so old. What do these old words mean for our lives today? Please send your spirit so that we can understand your word. Amen. Our first scripture comes from Genesis 1, 26 to 31. And then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And the second one comes from Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And following God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Dear congregation, I thank you for inviting me to your service this morning. I had short notice to come here, so I am reading a message that's prepared by servant August Limas and Pastor Jake and a few other people that helped along the way. So this fellow... He had a little trouble doing this service, but with the help of a few people, this sermon came into being. And he was reading Matthew 11, 4 to 5. And Jesus' response to John's question of, Are you the one who is to come, 
or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. The senses of touch, the lepers, they, they lose their sense of touch when they have leprosy. Of hearing is mentioned. Taste, taste the good news, that is also mentioned. Seeing is mentioned, but no smell. So this sermon on how is your nose, how is that going to work? So in Genesis 1, God created man in his own image. And he said that all he has made was very good. And that includes the nose. The nose is an important part of man's physical being. And God knew this. So he did not leave us without a nose. God created us with a nose, and he also has a nose, as we are his likeness. And God breathed into the man the breath of life through his nostrils. That's how important our noses are. Idols are made with noses, but they are useless, as they can't smell or breathe. And sometimes there are derogatory remarks about the nose. That person sticks their nose into everything. That person runs around with an upturned nose. Or that person has a nose for trouble. How we use our nose is to our benefit. God gave us the sense of smell. We can smell the different flowers, and the fruits, and they are good and enjoyable smells. Also in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, 1, 2, and 3, they enjoyed the aroma of burnt offerings, of meat, grain, and food. And this practice of offerings was replaced by Jesus' sacrifice once for all. The smell of death is not a good smell. But in Jesus' case, the smell of death is made in love. And that is a powerful smell of love. The nose not only helps those who wear glasses to hold their glasses in place, but also identifies foods and also used to smell danger. Smoke, gas, or some food rotting in the fridge have distinct odors. And the smell of sweat or dirty laundry is often offensive. And companies have used this to manufacture all kinds of sprays and deodorants. Some companies even claim that the clothes washed in a certain soap will stay, smell clean for three weeks. And there are air fresheners that you can hang from your mirror in the car and others that you plug into an electric outlet to mask any prevailing odors. Animals also have a nose and dogs are trained to pick out certain smells at the airports and at borders. 
Drugs emit a certain odor, as well as meat and other food. Dogs have a keen sense of smell, and humans rely on dogs to even track criminals and lost people. And some animals emit a strong offensive odor when aggravated. The skunk. If your car runs over one, the smell is so overpowering, the vehicle might be considered a write-off. Pets that get too close to a skunk need a bath in tomato juice. Farmers are nose-blind to their own farm, but a dairy farm smells different from a chicken farm, or a hog farm, or a sheep farm. They all have distinct smells. And in the spring or late fall, odors are in the air as farmers fertilize fields with recycled material. Yes, our nose is useful, and God also smells. Let's explore a few bad smells. And I had help from an old uh, banner article written by Pastor John Luth from Edmonton. The smell of shame. This smell is so offensive to our olfactory glands that we may deny it as even in the air. We try to overcome the smell by pretending to be someone we are not, hiding our true selves from each other, from God, and even ourselves. Sometimes when we sense it in others, we reject or bully them or try to dump our own shame on them. And then there's a smell of an anxiety. No matter how many apps we download, we have no control over the most important things in our lives, like the decisions our children make. As parents, we can be so stinking anxious that we get drawn into lifelong battles with our offspring, trying to prevent them from making mistakes, especially mistakes that might shame the parents. They may fight back with behaviors that are more destructive, and then there's a smell of hostility. This smell is so prevalent in our culture that we may not recognize it. Hostility comes in many flavors. It can present itself in the way we relate to others. Why does one child get more playtime in volleyball or basketball than another? How come the neighbor's child gets a car and the writer of this sermon has to use the old farm truck. Today, there is hostility about vaccinations and wearing masks. It is known that those who get COVID can lose their sense of smell. How ironic. And then there's a smell of church that is missed during COVID. Coffee for fellowship, the smell of the nursery, and even the smell of warm bodies in the sanctuary. We're thankful that some of these smells are returning. The author can tell you of a true story when he was five years old. His dad was working as a hired hand 
on a farm along with another older gentleman. And this older gentleman liked to pay, play pranks. And one day, as the author was talking with him, he quickly took out a small matchbox. It's probably a very antique. They're probably not around anymore. Anyway, he opened it up, and he put it to his bum, and he let out an enormous amount of gas, and then he quickly closed it. But I had a whiff, or the author had a whiff, and he turned up his nose. The older gentleman then said he was going to bring it to church next Sunday. And if the sermon was too long, he would take out his matchbox and open it up. And the author watched him closely the next Sunday. The sermon was getting a little bit long. But the older gentleman never opened his box. What a relief. And there are also certain plants that give off an odor when brushed against. Tomato and geraniums give off an offensive odor, so the animals will leave them alone. And some flowers have a pleasing fragrance, a rose or a carnation. They have a special place on occasions of celebrations. And I asked a few people what their favorite smell was. And one said, fish, broiled, baked, or fried. Another said, smell of fresh bread. Another honey. And a farmer said, hay, curing in the field. And mechanic, the smell of oil or grease. The author's hobby of sawing lumber lets him smell the fresh sawdust of cedar, spruce, and pine, and poplar. And for him, it's a nice smell. And he's glad that he has a nose. And now it's time to go to our text. How then shall we live? Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly beloved children, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We need to replace our smells of shame, anxiety, and hostility with the fragrant smells of confidence, faith, and hospitality. Confidence that Jesus holds each one of us in love, and he died for each one of us so that we can have eternal life. We have that assurance, and when we admit that smell, others will notice and ask how we got that smell. And the smell of faith. Believe that God created you in his own image and loves you so much that not, not a hair will fall from your head without the will of God your Father. And that a place for you is being made ready in heaven. Also faith that our prayers are set before God like incense, a sweet smell. And the smell of hospitality. During COVID, it makes it hard to visit even your neighbor. But people still appreciate a card or a phone call. We are to practice hospitality 
And when we do, we might smell like a rose, walking the way of love, smells pleasing to God and our fellow man. Jesus came into this world born in a stable. The smell of humility. He was Lord of Lords, but he humbled himself to enter this world as a baby. Now we come to the smell of approachable. Babies are approachable. Who does not like to hold a newborn baby? The smell of approachability of a newborn baby is an awesome occurrence. Just ask any parent or grandparent. And along with a baby comes dirty diapers. And the mother and sometimes the father changes the diaper with love. The smell of love overpowers all other smells. And that is the fragrance that Ephesians talks about. The great sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is a fragrant offering that is pleasing to God. This powerful smell of love overpowers all other smells. And we are recipients of this great love. The message is entitled, How is your nose? And there are over 250,000 operations on the nose in a year. Does God need to operate on your nose and mine? And now, how do you smell to others? How does your odor appeal to others? Does your odor need the fragrance of God's love? This fragrance is free, and it works on all bad smells. When you leave the sanctuary, can you sniff out someone who needs a hug or a listening ear? Give thanks to God that he created you with a nose, and all those who live in God's smell of love say, Amen, Amen. Of a prayer of application. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your great fragrant offering of love, offer of sweet smells of confidence, of faith and hospitality and love that we can use our smell of love to honor you always. Amen. We'll